Where are the other nine? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, of the ten lepers whose cure is related in today's gospel, only one returned to give thanks, and he was a Samaritan, a man of that race detested and abhorred by the mainstream Jews of the time. The others, without, without doubt, Israelites who conformed to the thoughts and social mores of the Hebrew nation, went their way. They were cured indeed of the dreadful disease, but disgraced by our Lord's sad question, where are the other men? Thanksgiving, dear friends, should follow after God's mercies to us, not only as a matter of justice, but in order to secure the effect of those mercies themselves. Just as in our bodily life, in order to get the benefit of fresh air, breathing in must be followed by breathing out. So the giving of thanks must follow the reception of all divine favors and heavenly blessings. The grace of God is to the soul what the breath is to the body. And the body, in order to live, must not only draw in air via inhalation, but give it forth again to make room for new and fresher air by exhaling. So in the life of our souls, we breathe in God's grace, and we must breathe out thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is further a matter of justice. The holiest debt we owe to God, or man, is the debt of thanks. Every honest man who gives thanks for favors received from other men, a practice so often neglected in these days. How many people actually say thank you after receiving a favor? I can tell you that very few people say thank you after receiving absolution in the confessional. How many take the effort to sit down and write out a thank you note after receiving a gift or being invited to a dinner party? Just so, every upright soul give thanks to God. It is the most indispensable of all our obligations because it is the least we can do. In all of our traffic with heaven, in the economy of grace, gratitude is the only coin that we actually mint ourselves. Thanksgiving is that part of our sanctification, necessarily our own. Well, brethren, if this be really true, and who can deny it, then a great many of us are insol insolent debtors of the worst kind. Now you hear it said sometimes that the man who does not pay his debts is just as bad as a thief. And in many cases, this is perfectly so. So the difference between an open sinner and a thankless Christian is that between a thief and a man who refuses to pay his debts. Indeed, we sometimes feel as if God ought to thank us for the favor we do Him by condescending to serve Him, weekly or bi-weekly confession, frequent communion, and daily prayer, 
forgiveness of injuries and resisting temptations, so puff us up with conceit that we are apt to blame God, because in view of our holiness, he does not exempt us from the ordinary ills of daily life. For who sees anything different in you? What have you that you have not received? And if then you received it, why do you boast as if it were not a gift? We read in the Epistle to the Corinthians. St. Augustine, the great doctor of divine grace, teaches, God works in man many good things to which man does not contribute, but man does not work any good things apart from God, since it is from God that man receives the power to do the good things which he does. As a matter of fact, it is with God and us as it is with a storekeeper and his customers. You know certainly well that a person cannot get credit at a store if he can't be trusted because he can't pay his bills. Now pretty much all the pay that God asks for his many favors is simply that we give him thanks. And if we will not do that much, he can hardly think us worthy of his further bounty. If we do not give thanks, or if we do give thanks, excuse me, he multiplies his favors, for he is determined to keep us in his debt. And as fast as we return thanks, so much the sooner does he bestow new and even greater blessings upon us. So, when we ask why we suffer miserable stagnation and dryness in our spiritual lives, if we do not receive right away what we ask for in prayer, if temporal woes constantly befall us, perhaps the true answer to why this happens would be that we are the members of that multitude descended from those original thankless nine lepers of today's Gospel. Rather, let us thank God that we have the blessings of practicing the true religion, that He is our Heavenly Father, that His Divine, Jesus, that His divine Son, Jesus Christ, is our Redeemer, that the Blessed Virgin Mary is our Mother. Let us thank Him for His gracious promise of the everlasting joys of Heaven. For these unspeakable favors, our thanks should be ceaseless. Let us give thanks, too, in our morning prayers that we have escaped the dangers of the night, and in our night prayers that we have been saved from the noonday devil. When we rise from our meals, let us offer a word of thanks, in addition to, of course, giving thanks before sitting down to eat. Let us at least make the sign of the cross on rising from the table, blessing God for the health he gives to us and our families. Let us thank him for our afflictions, yes, even for temptation. For the pains we suffer thereby are the growing pains of the development of our souls. Especially after receiving Holy Communion, let us give long and heartfelt thanks for all God's dealings with us, for then we have received the greatest of all blessings, God himself. Benedictam Domino in Omni Tempore, I will give thanks to the Lord 
at all times. His praise shall ever be on my lips. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.